0: I'm excited to, to to bring the word. I believe what the what the Lord gave me um, is specific for this time. is specific for our our body, and uh, and I, I recognize this uh, when I got called to do the Lord's work. Um, I didn't I didn't come up with the idea of being up here. <laughs> uh, you know, being a minister, being someone who speaks publicly. Um, I'm not a public speaker, if you will. I grew up extremely petrified of standing here talking to people uh, to the point where when, it was, when I was in high school, I would get so nervous that I'd start just saying sentences that didn't make any sense because I just, I couldn't get out of my own head. And, uh, and it, 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 God has a sense of humor because <laughs> uh, here I am, right? And, uh, and, and so he's called me to do this, so I recognize this isn't my idea to be here. This is what the Lord's called me to do. I remind him often of that. Like, Lord, you need to, you need to give me something to say because this was your idea to be, for me to be here anyway. And, uh, and so he really, I believe, given me a word um, that's gonna be beneficial to us. Uh, again, Pastor Mark's talking about in this series that we've been in, if you've been coming the last several weeks about he wants to promote us. The Lord is looking to promote us. That doesn't just mean in your job, that's talking about promote your life. He wants to give you some upgrades. He wants to increase his grace towards you. And and I believe this is somewhat of a continuation where the Lord's helping us. He's helping us us get upgraded. So you ready to be upgraded today? You ready to be upgraded in the Lord? Say hallelujah if that's you. Praise God, you are awake. Just kidding. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, I was reminded in prayer about, um, about the prodigal son, um, that parable. If you guys, anybody familiar with the prodigal son parable? That's a third of you. I'll explain it. Um, <clears throat> I'll give you the condensed Pastor Doug uh, translation. Um, basically, the the parable that Jesus was talking about was Um, There was a father, he had two sons. Uh, His youngest son um, came to him and said, Father, basically, I want everything that's owed to me. I want my half of the inheritance, which is essentially communicating, you're dead to me, and I'm gonna go and do my own thing. So the father obliged and said, sure, here you go, here's your half, see you later. Son goes out, says that he squanders his wealth, squanders his riches. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, a great famine falls on the land where the, where the son was, and, and he ends up getting this job with this guy who doesn't treat him well. He's, he's feeding uh, pigs, and he has this aha moment where, he's, where he realizes these pigs are eating better and living better than he is. And he's, he's remembering back to his life with his father, and he goes, you know, even the servants in my father's house are well taken care of and are well provided for, way more than I am here, I'll just, I know what I'll do. I'm gonna go back to my father. I'm gonna say, I blew it, I messed up, I don't deserve to be your son anymore. Just make me like one of your servants and just have me, um, have me live there, pay me what, they, what you pay them and, and I'll, be, I'll be satisfied. So he decides to go through with his little plan. He starts running towards his, his father's house, house from afar off. And the Bible says that his, his father sees the son and has compassion on him and runs toward the son. And I think if you were to stop before that part and say you know, to the average person, what do you think happens next? Do you think he has to get on his knees and beg his, his dad for this job? Do you think he has to work really hard for years and years and years to earn any sort of respect with his dad again? And I think it just goes so contrary to the way our natural human lifestyle and the way the world thinks, where the father drops everything, runs out to his son, says he drapes his arms around him. He says, go get the robe, go get the ring, put it on the son and, and restore him back to his sonship. And then go kill the fatted calf. We're gonna have a party for, the, for, for his return, for my son was lost. And now he's found, and they throw this amazing party, and he's brought back in almost as if he had never sinned against his father to begin with. You know, in that story, he's, uh, in that parable, the son starts trying to convince the dad, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy. Uh, just take me as, as your servant. And the, and the father just totally ignores everything he's saying. He's like, ah you don't even know what you're talking about. You're back in the family. We found you and you've you've returned home. I don't know about you, but that is my testimony. I don't know about if you can relate to that parable at all, but I experienced that. And I think many of us have. I think if you were to even kind of analyze it for a second, if you're born again, if you're saved, you've ran down the prodigal road, right? You've ran back towards the Lord and all of a sudden you're embraced even though you sinned against the Lord. Your story now is, man, you've been given the ring. You've been given the robe. There's been a fatted calf slaughtered for you. Sorry if you're a vegan or something. Um, <laughs> but there is, there is a party that's happened for you. You've been accepted into the house of God, into the family of God, even though you totally didn't deserve it. My, my, my story, I, when I was 18, I grew, I grew up in church at 18. I didn't like say, Lord, I'm done with you. I just kind of said, I kind of wonder what the world has for me. And, and I spiraled out of control for three years from the time I was 18 till I was 21. And again, grew up in a Christian home, grew up in a good church. And all of a sudden, I found myself spiraling to where I hit rock bottom, and rock bottom was pretty ugly for me. It only took three years, but I was doing illegal stuff, I was doing all sorts of things that I'm, you know, not really uh, proud of, even though, you know, we're not proud of anything, right, if you've been been here for the last few weeks. <laughs> but I was, I was doing some stuff that I knew was against what I was raised with, I was against what I knew in my heart to be right, and yet, the Lord. On, when I was 21, I was in the middle of a, of a situation that I had no answer to, and I was contemplating a bunch of decisions. But every decision was, ended with misery, ended with not anything good happening, and I just cried out to the Lord, and I just said, Lord. And I was by myself. I didn't have any Christian friends or family around me. I was I was isolated into this into the world and. And, and I, I remember calling out to the Lord, and he answered me. And, and his answer to me was, um, son, I've called you into my family, I've called you into my purpose, and I've set you apart for my pleasure. And at the time, I just, I just, I'm, not, I'm not much of a crier, if anyone knows me knows this, uh, but I was weeping. And I was just amazed that God would want that, why I'm sitting here trying to convince God, God, you got the wrong guy. You don't know what I've done. You don't know, you know. You must, you must be mistaken here. And and God just ignored me, <laughs> just kind of like the father in the parable, right? He just ignored everything. Said no, I'm you're you're my son. I have a plan. I have a purpose for you. And uh, and, and basically, he put the robe on me. He put the ring on me, and I started having a real relationship with the Lord at 21. It hasn't ever stopped. And, and I'm, I'm so, I, I can tell you, my life has gone from misery, f- poverty, not being a, anybody, not being, not, not being uh, provided for, to all of a sudden, life is good. Yeah. Life is not only good, but it's an adventure. It's exciting. When you're living in the, in the way of God, if you're, when you're doing things His way, and you're living in relationship, Man, life gets really, really good, and uh, and praise God that He's so merciful to to come seek you out, seek you out when you're down, seek you out when you're when you when you've hit rock bottom, amen. And so that's that's some of my testimony. When I was when I was again praying about the message, the picture that the Lord showed me was this prodigal son coming back into the into the family of God, or you know that's what the parable is about the father being the father God, and the son returning, having this celebration, wearing the robe, getting the ring. But then over time, the son kind of says, you know, I think I got things figured out pretty well. I'm not going to depart from God. I'm not going to depart from my father. I'm just going to, like, move next door. I'm going to move maybe two doors down. I think I can do this thing on my own. And you might be saying, well, you know, what, what's wrong with that, right? I mean, eventually, in, in the natural world, we all eventually move out of our parents' house, right? Well, is that something we do in, with God? Is that something that we ever move out of his house, if you will? Uh, by the way, answer, just to kind of give you the, to spoil it, spoil it a little bit. The answer is no, we do not leave the house of God. We are called the children of God and we are designed to stay with the Lord. And so um, I think some reasons we, we leave that place of acceptance, that place of where we're fully relying on the Lord is because we kind of get this teenager mentality eventually, right? This teenager mentality is like this, like I got this figured out, I know what I'm doing, I know, I know enough, I, I don't, maybe, maybe I was, I'm the only one that was like that as a teenager, where I just had it all figured out. I knew exactly what I needed, and man, was I wrong? And so sometimes we think, yeah, I don't, I don't need to rely on God for everything, I think I, think I know how to do this, I think I can, I, can, I can make this work. And we start finding ourselves being on the outside rather than the inside of the house of God. And what happens, and some of the symptoms of that are kind of similar to how the symptoms are when someone first leaves their parents' house. Uh, This is how it was for me, so if this isn't the way it was for you, good. Uh, But all of a sudden, every time I needed something, uh, I called my parents, but I didn't call them or pop by for any other reason than I I need something. Dad, how do I do this? Mom, how do I cook this? Anybody ever been there? And all of a sudden, my relationship with my parents was basically on my terms, right? It was my terms when I needed them. When I, when I wanted something, I'd go to them. Uh, how many know that could be your existence or your, your current reality with your relationship with the Lord? If that's your relationship with the Lord where, you know, I'm going to pop by when I need something, I'm going to come, I'll, I'll call up God, Lord, I need something, rather than it being a, something that you continually have conversations and you're continually fellowshipping with the Lord on a regular basis, it's just that every once in a while, yeah, yeah, I, I kind of just need help in this one area, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll call God. You know, it's like, it's like the whole... Um, it gets so bad that it's really come to this, we have to pray. It's horrible, things are going so bad, we just have to pray. And so we get into this mentality where we think we got this thing figured out when we really don't. You know, ignorance is one of those things that you can find yourself in and not even realize it. I mean, can we all agree that we are all ignorant of something To some degree, we're all ignorant in some way, right? Standing before you, I am still a man that is learning a lot and needs to learn a lot because I have a long way to go. And I think for all eternity, we're still gonna be maturing and developing and and learning. If you think about God being an infinite God, you're never gonna know everything about him. There's always gonna be more to understand. There's always gonna be more to know. Hallelujah, heaven's not gonna be boring and you're gonna be like, I've, I've figured it all out. I can just sit here and do nothing now. No, it's going to be an adventure that lasts an eternity. And so, you know, ignorant, there's no more, um, there's nothing more ignorant than being unaware of your own ignorance, right? There's nothing more ignorant than that. You, you, we've all known that person, right? The person that knows the least about a subject, maybe is the most uneducated or the most unintelligent person in the room and they have the most to say, right? Like, dude, you, you don't even know what you're talking about here. And, and, and I think that's a requirement to run for Congress, but, um, but that's exactly the way we are sometimes when it comes to the things of God, where we are ignorant of things that we're unaware of. And, And so what happens is we we start being self-reliant rather than relying upon the Lord. And we think, oh, I can just be, I, I got this on my own. I think I'm doing fine. When really the Lord's like, dude, you need my help to breathe. You need my grace to sleep. You need me to wake up in the morning. You need the grace of God. If if I removed my grace from your life altogether, you wouldn't be able to stand. You wouldn't be able to even get a breath out. And that's the reality we live in but we kind of have this, no, I got this, I got this thing figured out. So we start departing from, from dwelling in the presence and dwelling with, with the Lord. And so, um, you know, in our culture, uh, there's also this mentality. This might be another reason why you might leave the house of the Lord. Um, where, where we want to be in charge. I don't know about you, but I don't like anybody telling me what to do. When I, was, when I was just out of high school, I couldn't wait to move out, why? Because I wanted to be the man. I wanted to be the one in charge. I didn't want anybody telling me what to do and how to do it. I wanted to make the rules. And I think sometimes in our culture can seep into our relationship with God where we kind of find ourselves in the same way, where we're, yeah, God, I know, I, I, don't, I don't really like you telling me what to do all the time. I wanna go do what I wanna do. You're getting in my business, God. You're getting into the things that, that I enjoy, I like. I I don't know if I, I don't know if I want want this. Maybe I'll not submit to the house rules. I'll kind of just move out next door and I can create my own rules that way. And anytime I still need anything, you're still right there. Any anybody don't have to raise your hand. Don't have to raise your hand. But that's exactly what happens, that's what seeps in, and we start missing the very things that God has placed inside of his dwelling that's for us to enjoy, for the benefits and the promises of God are all wrapped in the the benefits package of being in the dwelling place of the Lord. It's not outside of his house, it's not outside where you're serving God from a distance. You're just, he's just there to answer some questions, to help when you're down. No, he has to be your everything. Amen. He has to be what you rely on all the time. Amen? I want to read some, some things that King David had to say about dwelling with the Lord and his thoughts. You know, he, he was a man that was called a man after God's own heart. And, and he, had some, he had some insight and some wisdom into this subject Psalm 27.4, I'm just going to read them real quick. They're going to pop up on the screen here. It says this, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Dwelling in the house of the Lord, some, have, some, can, some think oh, that must be you're at church all the time. That's not what David's talking about. Also, some, some have said this, well, dwelling in the house of the Lord, isn't that like what you do when you go to heaven? You know, Jesus said, my father's house has many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that what that's talking about? David's saying all the days of my life. He's not talking about some future existence. He's talking about present tense here on earth all the days of my life. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. What does that, mean? does that mean? Does that mean David was living and sleeping at the temple? Nope. That's not what he was doing. He was staying in the very family under the under the headship of the Father, and he was there continually. He didn't leave. He was, a, he was a part of the house of God. And he says, I'm never leaving. I'm never going. I'm never moving out. I'm never going to go move to the house next door. I'm ne- God, you're my father. I'm your child. And that's it. Amen. Psalm 26.8, David said this. Lord, I have loved the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. More popular verse here, Psalm 23.6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, the goodness and the mercy of God following you, by the way, that's a really cool picture if you think about it. Mercy means this, that you don't get what you actually deserve. All those things that, you, that we've done that we deserve a bunch of negative things, that's not gonna not gonna be you. That's walking around chasing you. Following you, right? Where does that happen? That happens in the house of the Lord, where you're when you're dwelling in the house of the Lord. Those two things are connected. If you want goodness and mercy to chase you, you need to be in the right location. It's not gonna, it's not gonna go around following you around out in some place where you're running away from the very dwelling place God created for you. Uh, I looked up the word dwell in scripture, this word that keeps repeating itself, to dwell. Um, It's translated quite a few other ways in scripture as well. I wanna read some of those other words that are picked out in scripture. One's abide, to remain, to continue, to tarry, which is like to wait, and to endure where where should we wait? Where should we stay? Where should we remain? Where should we be planted? Where should we not wander off? We should stay in the house of the Lord. We should stay in his presence. We should stay under his headship. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I I I think of believers and believers, you know, maybe you're sitting here and you're finding yourself in this current situation, what I'm describing regarding you know, having moved out of your parents' house and that's kind of your relationship with the Lord now. Does that happen intentionally or is it more of a subtle thing? I think, I think most believers find themselves, all of a sudden they were like, yeah, I remember. I remember being God, being everything. I remember when I got saved and it was like, this was so awesome. What happened, what, what took place? Well, I think sometimes apathy sets in, where, where we just become okay with things not being okay, and, and also we start, we start just subtly making um, decisions, right? These decisions always have consequences. We start making decisions that, that are, all of a sudden, we're packing our bags. All of a sudden, we're looking for, I wonder what this is like over here. I wonder what this house is like. I wonder and we start doing these things, not intentionally, but we do them subtly, and we just start wandering. We start wandering off, and start making roots in other places. Uh, what that looks practically, what that looks like in, in real life, is just someone who's, who's not 100% there with the Lord. They're just, oh yeah, God, you know? You're walk, going throughout your day, oh yeah, should I? Yeah, there's that, there is God out there. When he's sitting inside of you, he's never left you. He's never, he's never forsaken you. He said, I'm gonna be with you till the end of the age. He said this, that there's nothing that can pluck you from my hand. He said, nothing can separate you from my love. And yet we're like, oh yeah, how come I haven't even like given him another thought and I don't even know how many days. It's because we're not doing things intentionally, and when you're not intentionally staying in the house of the Lord, we subtly just drift away. It has to be something we do intentional. Now, whether you find yourself today totally like I'm in your business, maybe I'm in your business, you're like, man, you are preaching to me, you are describing my situation, This this is what I'm going through, Maybe that's you. I have some remedies on how to get back. How do you get back and stay in the house of the Lord? Maybe, maybe you're like, well, I don't know if this is really my message. I am like on fire for the Lord, and I'm already seeing his blessings in my life, and, 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 I, and I, I'm just so excited to be in the house of the Lord. I, don't, I think I'm still there. Well, this is also for you because the very remedies to get back is the same thing that will keep you there and keep you from drifting off if you'll do these things intentionally. Amen? Amen. So I have three keys. Three, I, I, was, I was, again, tempted to say like 30 just to, just to make everyone... Ugh! I have to remember 30 things. Yet yeah, You better write them down. No, I have three things... Three three keys to keep you planted in the house, to keep you planted in the place where God's designed for you to stay, or three keys that will, if you're outside, if you recognize I'm a few houses down from the Lord, this will get you moved back in. Number one. Number one, be childlike. Be childlike. Now, that doesn't mean... Be like every kid running around here, screaming with a, you know, I, I, know what, I know that there's some negative sides to being like a child, immature and, you know, crying about not getting your way, all that kind of stuff. But there's aspects of being childlike that get you in with God that nothing else can get you. Um, this verse here, Jesus is talking about this very same subject in Luke 18, uh, 17, He said this, he said, assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. This word kingdom of God here, this phrase is essentially the same thing as the dwelling place of the Lord. It's the house of God. Kingdom means what? King's domain. It's God's domain. Where's that? That's his house. That's his his family. How do you enter it? You must enter into this domain as a child. You can't come in thinking you got everything figured out. You have to humble yourself. Kind of a resounding message that's been happening for a while now. And you have to say, Lord, I don't have it all figured out. I need your help for everything. I need you to help me breathe. I need you to help me uh, go to work. I need you in my marriage. I need you to to be a parent. I need you in my schooling. I need you in everything. I need so basically you're doing this. You're saying, I don't know everything. I'm like that ignorant teenager that doesn't really know everything. And I need to be in your presence. I need to be in a place where I'm constantly looking to you for my sustenance. I'm constantly looking to you to bring to pass everything that I need in my life. You know, I, I think of, of a child also, um, children are so innocent, and when, when, a, when a child runs to their parent, um, they don't, they're, a, a child's usually not tucking his tail between his legs, if you will. A child runs to his, to his if, you're, if it's a good dad or a good mom, uh, which our father's the best, right? We, we just jump into his lap. We just run and just spend time in fellowship with him. My kids, you know, my, my both, I've, I have two kids. I have a son that's six and a daughter that's eight. And, and I feel like I'm one of those dads that I really enjoy spending time with my kids. I really do. But no matter how much time I spend with them, they are constantly, Dad, let's go do this, Dad, come on, let's constantly wanting my attention and constantly wanting to, to be with me, to play with me, to, to just enjoy time with me. Isn't that the picture of how we should be with our Father? The good news about our Father, He's got all the time in the world. He's, ne- he's, he's never too busy for you. So He's always available for to, to, to play, go throw a ball with, obviously these are metaphors but he he wants to he wants to to be just your father you to be his son or daughter where you're just enthralled with him you know isn't it cool as a parent like you see your kids sometimes like dad i just want to i want to wear the, what you're wearing i want to do what you're doing i want to be like you it's and and when, you're, when you have a father that's good, you know, you want to be like them. And again, this is how we enter into the house of God. This is how we stay there. God, I want to be with you, and I want to be like you. I want to think like you think. I want to dress like you dress. And that's, that's how we get ourselves back into the place of our existence where we're living in the, in the will of God, where we're living in the benefits package that he's provided for us. Now, number two, I'll have to explain this one after I say it, but number two is this. Keep the gospel powerful. You might be like, well, what does that have to do with anything? Keep the gospel powerful. Let me read a scripture to you. 1 John 2.24 Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. What's the thing that you heard from the beginning? Where did your walk with the Lord start? It started with you hearing a message about the goodness of God about Jesus dying for you, about your sins being washed away, you heard the prodigal son message, right? You heard that and you said, that sounds almost too good to be true, but if that's what the Lord's wanting for me, man, I, I'm, sign me up. Sign me up for that. I get to be spared of, every, of the punishment of every wrong thing I've ever done. I get to be spared of a life separated from God in a place called hell. I get to be into, a, into the presence of God for eternity in a place called heaven. Let this message be powerful in you for you to stay planted in the house of God. I see this too often. This is usually one of the signs of a, of a believer backsliding someone who's stepping out of the house of God, someone who's okay packing their bags and moving three doors down is this. Their salvation, it's kind of just not that big of a deal to them anymore. Yeah, that's cool, I got saved, I guess. I mean, yeah, I got forgiven, that's awesome. Do you realize what God went through to to save you? Do you realize what you've been saved from Do you realize what God put inside of you when you were born again and you got basically raised from the dead from the inside out and literally heaven came down to reside inside of you? Do you realize that that you were doomed for eternity? Your sentence was written out and someone came along and said, you know what, this sentence, this, this punishment that you've deserved, I'm gonna take that for you. And if that is not real to you, if that's not passionate inside of you, you're drifting away. And it's usually one of the first things that happens to a believer that starts then like, yeah, maybe I won't go to church. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't need to spend time in prayer. It's like, well, you don't even, you're not even appreciative of the thing that's been purchased for you at the cost of bankrupting heaven. And so this must stay powerful in us. In us. First Corinthians 1:18 says this: "For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. What's the power of God? The message of the cross, the gospel, the, the very thing that got you born again, your story of redemption, your testimony—it's the power of God to us who are being saved. Soon as we start diminishing it as less than that, we start we start turning into the way the world thinks. Eh, oh oh whoop-de-doo, whoop-de-doo. This is it, guys. Doesn't get better than this. This is as good as it gets, and it's amazing. And if you're not seeing it that way, you're deceived. Amen? So for us to stay planted, for us to be in the house of the Lord, for us to not be drifting and backsliding back, salvation's got to be paramount inside of us. It's got to be, like, top-shelf level of excitement. You know, we talk about, sometimes we talk about evangelism, right? Like, don't, let, let's teach about evangelism. Let's tell you the one, two, threes, how to get someone saved, uh, how to pray the prayer, how to, how to do this. Listen, if the message of the gospel is just a ho hum message to you, evangelism will never work for you. Evangelism actually is a fruit of this message being something you are so passionate about. Of your salvation being so real to you that you can't stop talking about it. When you're excited about something, you talk about it, right? If you're if you bought that new car, if you are planning some trip, if you got you know some new for single people, <laughs> some new love interest, right? Some person like ooh, this is exciting. You can't get it out of your mind. You can't stop yourself from man. I just in conversations can't help. Can't help but bring it up. The gospel is designed to be the same. If it's real to you, if it's powerful in you, if, it's, if your salvation is something that you treasure, you want to talk about it. You can't help but talk to someone about it. It's not forced. It's not put on. Oh, I got to, oh yeah, they're, they're, they're a lost person. I got to try to, okay, how do we say this again? It's like, Tell them your testimony. Tell them what the Lord did for you and and watch what happens. Amen? Amen? This has to be paramount inside of us for us to stay planted in the house of the Lord, for us to avoid drifting away. Number three, last and final one. Number three, submit to the man of the house. I've kind of alluded to this a couple times. Submit to God. It's no longer you in charge of your life. I know what being in charge of my own life looks like. I know what doing things my way looks like. It's miserable, it turns out horribly, I mess things up way too often, but when I'm doing things his way, when I'm saying, Lord, I don't know how this was gonna work when you directed me to do this, but here we go, or Lord, I know I really kind of want to keep doing this thing wrong and, and this, this problem I have in my life, I know, but I'm going to submit it to you anyway, and I'm going to do things your way. Come on, this is stepping b- back into the house of God. This is, where, this is where, you know, when you got saved, when you got born again, two things happened. You believed that Jesus was raised from the dead. You believed where you said yes to salvation, to forgiveness. The, The other side is you also gave up all your rights. You gave up all your rights to your own life. You said, Jesus, you are Lord. When you said that, you said, Jesus, you're in charge. Whatever you say goes now. How many realize that you can say Jesus is Lord with your mouth? but then live like you're still Lord. That's good. Oh yeah, I, I know Jesus is Lord, but I, I don't really do anything he says. There's scriptures that talk about people like that, right? On that day, some will say to me, Lord, Lord, we've done this, we've done this in your name, we did this miracle, and Jesus will turn to him and say, depart from me, for I never knew you. Never knew you? Yeah, you never were in the house. You never were, we weren't communing and abiding together. You were outside the house. You stayed away. I, didn't, I don't know who you are. You called me Lord with your lips, but not with your actions. If we want to remain in a place where the Lord's going to provide, he's going to protect, he's going to um, heal, he's going to keep us in a place of heaven on earth, we have to submit to the house rules. We have to say, yep, God, you're the man of the house, and we do things your way. You know, there's common scripture I quote all the time with my kids. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not here to serve ourselves. We're not here to, for our own agenda. We're not here to see our kingdom grow. I'm here for the Lord's. I've been bought. I've been purchased with a price. I don't have rights and entitlement to my life anymore. And didn't Jesus say something along the lines of, if you want to find life, you got to lose it? If you want to try to keep your life, it will be taken from you? We have to give up on our own agendas. We have to say, we're on the agenda of the Lord now. In that place, we'll stay in the house of God. We'll stay, we'll keep in the benefits package of the Lord. There is a healthy entitlement that happens when it comes to our uh, promises that we're getting from the Lord. We do have to say, Lord, you said, and, and, and take him at his word and remind him of his word, where you're saying, Lord, I know that you promised this, so I'm getting this. And, and you, have to be, you have to have that approach with God for the things of God to manifest in your life. Psalm 91, very, Very quoted scripture. Last scripture we're gonna go to on the screen here. This, This whole chapter of Psalm 91 is a is a list of benefits, a list of promises of protection, of all the things that come by by being with the Lord. The very first verse qualifies the rest of the chapter. Right here on the screen. It says, He who dwells In the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If that's if we're not doing verse one, we don't get the rest of the verses. I need to be dwelling in the secret place. I need to be in the shadow of the Almighty. I need to stay there. That's if you think about it, that's where the protection is, that's where his blessings are. It's not out doing whatever you wanna do and hope the Lord blesses it. Oh, I hope God's gonna bless what I put my hand to. Well, did the Lord direct you to put your hand to that? Did the Lord, did the Lord direct you to, to, to do those certain things? Did the, is it inside of his plan of his kingdom? Or are you kinda of just doing your own kingdom thing and hoping it's all protected and hoping it's all blessed? It doesn't work that way. The protection happens inside the house, inside the will of God. Amen. Yes, Amen, so we must be this way, we must think this way. we must have this in, in us that I have to be intentional about remaining in the house of God, not backsliding, not drifting off. I have to be childlike. I have to approach him humbly. I have to I have to n- number two was I have to let the gospel message be powerful inside of me. I have to make sure my salvation is real to me. I can't give that up, I can't, I can't diminish anything that happened there. Number three, I have to say Jesus is Lord with my lips and with my actions and my decisions. When he's truly the Lord of your life, you're living the good life. This is the good life. This is the way to live the good life. It's really not good outside of the good life. In the good life it's really good like like literally heaven on earth good There is so many things that we miss out on apart from being in the presence and in the house of the Lord And so many things we miss out on being in the house of the Lord is all the junk that the enemy wants to throw at you it's all the things this world has stored up Amen Come on let's be diligent let's be intentional Let's stay in the very house of God where we're not drifting away. We're, let's come back. Let's, we, we've already had the robe thrown around us if you're born again. If you're not born again, and we're about to in just a moment, you're gonna have your opportunity right here, right now to receive the Lord for you to step into the, into the very house of God yourself. But if you are, Let's stay there. Let's remain, dwell, continue. All these words, you have to be here intentionally. It's not some place that you just find yourself in and and you kind of just roll about and all of a sudden you're drifted out. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Amen, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you're helping us go up. You're upgrading us and in this house, in this place of dwelling that you've kept us.